Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we preview the Banjo Bowl with our friend Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post and also talk to Donovan Downing, kicker for the Winnipeg Rifles, out of their big game Sunday against Calgary. That's on the podcast. There's only one sleep left before the Banjo Bowl as thousands of Blue Bomber faithful and the odd brave soul in green will fill the stands at IG Field for the annual rematch of the Labor Day Classic. Bombers, of course, eked out a win Sunday in Regina. They look to sweep the back-to-back for the second straight year. And here to talk about it is a man who's now been on the show three weeks in a row, and that's Rob Vanstone, columnist for the Regina Leader Post. Unfortunately, no frequent flyer loyalty program for appearances on the show. No free sub on your fifth or sixth appearance. Uh, Rob, how are people feeling in Regina right now about the rematch? Any optimism for a rider win? Um, I don't sense a lot of optimism, maybe a bit of hope or whatever. I mean, they, they, they hung in with the bombers last week. I think there's some, something you can, you can garner from that, but the, the last two Banjo Bowls have not been very kind to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last year. It was 33 to nine, although it was pretty close at halftime actually. And the bombers took over in the second half. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, after losing the, the Labor Day classic at home, I think that, diminishes a bit of the optimism going into Winnipeg because that typically hasn't been a kind place uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, especially in the way they lost the Labor Day game where they were in field goal position with not much time left and they throw an interception. And Cody Fajardo with a bad pass, a little bit of pressure. And the question is, should they have been throwing the ball at all there? Rob Vanstone, should they have been throwing the ball at all there? No, I just don't see the the sense behind it. I I understand the bombers are really keying on the run in, in on the run in that situation, but uh, I think the mark of a good team a lot a lot of the time. Ron Lancaster used to say this all the time, is that the the key to a good running game is being able to run the ball when they know you've got to run the ball. And Ronnie had somebody named George Reed who could run the ball very proficiently in those situations. And, and Frankie Hickson was running the ball really well for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last Sunday. He he'd gained 12 yards on the previous play on a handoff. So I think at least on first down, for sure, you've, you've got to run the ball in that situation. Um, I think the, the what had to be paramount in, in their minds was, okay, let's just not screw up taking the lead here. Uh, they, they would have had a very makeable field goal to go ahead by one point. And uh, they never even gave, gave themselves the chance to take the lead because of the, uh, the interception. You've got to play to your strengths. And, their strength is certainly not passing the football, although Cody Fajardo had a good day. Their, st- their strength is running the ball. Their offensive line is poor against the pass, but is decent at run blocking. So what happens? They throw the ball. Willie Jefferson does what Willie Jefferson does. Pressures Cody Fajardo into a hurried throw, which is deflected, and then intercepted. They didn't play to their strengths, and they were burnt. But there are positives to take out of the game if you're the Rough Riders, are there, are there not? You're up 17-7, sure. The lead slips away, but the defense played really, really well in the second half. I mean, the reason they lost is because the other team's kicker hit the longest field goal of his life. Yeah, the same kicker who had been so maligned just a few weeks ago after the, a few weeks earlier after the game against Montreal. So um, it shows you that uh, it can be a redemptive game. And maybe the Rough Riders are looking at this one and saying, well, maybe they can. or select players on the Rough Riders and saying maybe this is an opportunity for atonement as well. Uh, you know, Cody Pajardo played well. The offense showed some things that they hadn't shown for a while. They threw the ball pretty well overall. There were a couple of play calls that were questionable. The Rider defense, 
I think on virtually every day will give that team a chance to win. And uh, but the Rough Riders again opted not to put the game in the hands of their defense and ended up uh, paying for it. But when you can hang in there with a team of that caliber, a team of Winnipeg's caliber, as long as, as long as they did, I think that's a that's a sign that you're not really that far away. But now they're 550 kilometers away from Regina, and it's going to be a taller order to play that well in such a hostile environment. It's been a few years since they've won here in Winnipeg. Just one visit and the Banjo Bowl in their last five have they won. And looking at uh, the storyline heading into this game, one of the people we don't have to talk about anymore is Garrett Marino because the Riders released him earlier in the week. So are, are we all done talking about him? Is that it? We're done? Yeah, well, you know, if somebody gets thrown out of the Banjo Bowl uh, tomorrow, then they can say, well, that's what happened to Garrett Marino a year ago. But he's certainly in, certainly in the past tense, uh, which I think is good for everybody concerned. He, he's not the type of player who's so good that you can put up with the sideshow. Like, for example, if Willie Jefferson was, was pulling that kind of stuff, I think he'd probably still be on, on – on, uh, or a player of Willie Jefferson's caliber was pulling that kind of stuff. He'd probably still be on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because you're willing to live with it if it's a supreme talent. But if it's a marginal or slightly better than average player, which is the category that, into which Garrett Marino falls, then it's just, it's just not worth the headache. And it was just a persistent headache. And it was a story here that was being talked about two months after the uh, initial incident that prompted the four-game suspension. And after a while, it just—I think—I think Garrett Marino fatigue as much as anything uh, contributed to the Rough Riders' decision to cut him loose. However, he is not the only undisciplined player on this roster. Un- the lack of discipline has been a a real issue for the team this whole season, has it not? It has, and it's such a contrast to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and it's such a contrast of cultures because you look at what Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters have instilled there. And it's a team that doesn't beat itself very often, doesn't do silly things very often. And they almost wait for you to make the mistake that's going to prove to be fatal in terms of the outcome. That's what happened last week. It's not like the Bombers played their A game. It's not like they've played their A game quite often this season, actually. They've looked beatable several times. But they're 11-1 and because they don't make the foolish error that, that ultimately people are going to be talking about, such as you and I are such as the ones you and I are discussing now pertain to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They let the other team beat themselves, and the Rough Riders have demonstrated an alarming propensity for doing that. And uh, it's it's just it's silly penalties. It's just it's just little. Their self-destruct quotient is is is, is working to their detriment right now. It's not like they're. I don't think they're really that bad of a football team, but they do things to themselves that are so counterproductive. Well, you look at after Mark Leggio somehow doesn't get a punt blocked in the second quarter. Their bombers are down ten, and then the Riders take two five-yard penalties to back themselves up pretty much to their goal line. F- field flips, bombers get a touchdown soon after, and the game kind of changes there. But the one everyone's looking at is the Duke Williams sideline penalty. I mean, you just—it's hard to find words to explain why someone would be in that mindset to bark at somebody while they're on the sideline. I guess football's an adrenaline field sport. There's a lot of testosterone there, but boy, did that hurt the team. And it's not like something was done to precipitate that no. kind of reaction. Like it's, not, it's not like there was anybody else yapping. It's not like there was a flagrant, late, undetected hit or something like that. It was just, for whatever reason, Duke Williams felt compelled to, to get in someone's face and... and uh, 
look what happened. I mean, it cost them an attempt at a, a field goal. Instead of second and three on the 43-yard line, it was second and 13 on the on the 53-yard line. And in a game that's that close, um, it, it, that is so costly. And it's especially exasperating when it's the players not even on, on the field. You know, had he been playing, maybe you could say, okay, well, Duke, you just did this. Now go out there and, and score a touchdown or do something to make up for it. But he couldn't do that you know, six days ago in, uh, or five days ago in Regina, he's not playing on, uh, on Saturday in Winnipeg. So it just, I think that magnifies it and that he's not a player of that talent isn't yet in a position to do something to, to show what he can contribute as opposed to how he can cost the team. So the offensive line for the Rough Riders has been an issue all season. They did an okay job in, in Sunday's game. Fajardo had to break contain a couple of times to make some plays, and he's very dangerous when he's out there. Uh, but Cooper Richardson will be dressing for his first career game on on Saturday, starting at right tackle. So he's going to be tasked with stopping Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat. So this is a pretty big spot to go into for your first CFL game, isn't it? Yeah, not not the easiest indoctrination I've ever seen. And uh, and Andrew Lauderdale playing left tackle, who even by the acknowledgement of head coach Greg Dickinson did not have a good game last Sunday, is still the starting left tackle. So you've got a right tackle who, to this point, hasn't been uh, appraised at a level that would make them think he's better than the turnstiles who have been playing that position. And then the left tackle has been more, you know, quite quite deficient uh, more than once. So, and then you look at who's playing defensive end for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and you just wonder if it's going to be, uh, if Cody Fajardo is going to be running for his life again on, 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 on Saturday. So I get the sense that you're not thinking the Riders will win tomorrow. No, I remember we talked last week, and I, I think I gave the Riders a 20% chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't even be that optimistic about this one. I, I think, I think I have a better chance of winning Mr. Olympia than the Riders <laughs> winning in Winnipeg on Saturday. Well, I mean, it's not a 0% chance, but it's, <laughs> um, you never know. It could be a, a late turnaround in life for Rob Banstone, but I, I just, at 11 and one, the Bombers don't need to, to win this game. I know they're, that's not a reason to, to not try your hardest. The crowd's going to be absolutely juiced for this game and maybe after this one the Bombers can dial it back a bit as they as they're pretty clear in the West but I don't know I just look at Saskatchewan and if you want a statement win to kind of turn your season around this would be it wouldn't it? It, it truly would and uh, it would you know you lose one at home and they've lost four in a row at home now but to go in Winnipeg, into Winnipeg and win would, would, would counteract some of that it would send them in the right direction and then they play Edmonton on Friday so there's a win as well so um, that would be a, a real tonic for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But I, I would think the Bombers, given the, the history with the Rough Riders, if there's going to be a letdown game for Winnipeg, I don't think it's going to be on Saturday at IG Field. It might be one of those games you just might not expect where the just psychology doesn't work in your favor. You just can't get motivated because you're playing a supposed tomato can, and that might be the type of team that might rise up and beat and bite Winnipeg. I just don't see it it being the Rough Riders uh, tomorrow is as tightly contested as that game was last week. I keep looking at, at that and thinking, okay, that was their chance to beat Winnipeg. That was their best opportunity to beat Winnipeg, and they still couldn't do it. They've got them twice more. They've got them Saturday, and they got them September 30th, but both games are in Winnipeg, and that's going to be a lot tougher. 
if there's any silver lining for the Rough Riders, is that the East is an absolute dumpster fire. So the crossover still looks safe. Yeah, I mean, I wonder the Rough Riders. They might be able to go winless for the rest of the season. I'm not suggesting they will, but they Rough Riders could just continue to be a dumpster fire, and they would probably still have enough victories to take the back door into the playoffs through the East. And that might be the best route going to get to the Grey Cup. Um, you stay in the West Division playoffs, you've got to go through Winnipeg. Well, good luck with that. How's that worked out lately? Uh, but if you go through, if you go through the East, that, that might be, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a, you know, the travel is somewhat prohibitive. The logistics aren't great, but you're certainly playing uh, opponents who are far from invulnerable as opposed to, as opposed to going into Winnipeg and trying to get to a great cup through that route. Eh, good luck with that. Well, we'll look, I'm looking forward to the action tomorrow. Rob, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this. And we'll uh, check in for matchup number three later on this month. I look forward to it. Thanks, uh, Christian and go Jets. Rob Vanstone of the Regina leader post joining us here tonight. Travel <laughs> back in time for a moment, back to the end of August where the Winnipeg Rifles hung on for a nail-biting 1916 win over the number two nationally ranked Saskatoon Hilltops. First time the Rifles had beaten the Hilltops since 2006. And a man who was an instrumental part of that, going four for four on field goals and punting well as well, Donovan Downing. He joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Donovan, how are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Now, it's been almost two weeks since that game. You still thinking about that day? You know what? I'm still thinking about that day and what a day it was. Um, yeah, it's still in my head, but you know, we got a big game coming up against Calgary this week and uh, a couple more weeks here in the regular season. So, you know, taking it week by week. And uh, yeah, it was a great win, but uh, moving on day by day, you know, we've got to get better every day. I asked your quarterback, Bryson McNeil, after the, the game about would you rather just get the game the next game here? You had a bye week following the biggest win that the Rifles have had in, a, in quite a while. Would you have rather had played right away, or are you okay having an extra week off? You know what? Uh, I can go to one of two ways. You know, I'd rather uh, have that game right away, but at the same time going into a bye week uh, where we can get some rest and get the guys back and recuperated and focused uh, coming off a win, uh, getting ready for the next one, getting mentally prepared and having that, uh, time to let our bodies rest is a good thing to have uh would have been nice to play you know go right into it and hopefully get another win but having that week off uh sure let us recuperate and now we're just back in uh practice you're getting ready for this week what does it do for your team's mindset knowing that you can beat a team like saskatoon uh just encourage us to get better every day you know uh coach Jordy wilson uh always saying you know we got to hit the standard every day and the boys know that uh, so hitting the standard every day is a huge part of our uh, goal and uh, making sure we win the week, you know, and win the day. It's not about, you know, how you start, but how you finish. And that's something we got to do here. So, yeah, sure, the start first two weeks wasn't that great, but having that big win sure helped us uh, give us a boost of confidence here. That's for sure. So what does hitting your standards look like for you as a kicker? You know, hitting my standards, uh, being a reliable guy, you know, who could be um, hitting inside 40, uh, inside 45, making sure, you know, I got the boys back as they got mine, um, making sure I can put points on the boys for the team, and, yeah, just making sure I do my job just like how they do your theirs. So what do you consider a, a successful practice day for you? What do you work on in terms of honing your craft? Um, a successful day for me, um, coming out, you know, 
making sure I'm nice and flexible, nice and loose, uh, nice and relaxed. You know, there's good days and bad days like everyone has. Um, so just clearing my mind, getting ready, and then uh, going through warm-up, you know, and then aiming, working on what we're going to do that day. So some days, you know, it's going to be punt. Some days it's going to be field goal. Some days it's both. Um, but making sure I kind of work all three units on that, um, staying nice and controlled, nice, loose, and relaxed, like I said before. But uh, making sure I stay consistent with it, you know, um, Everyone can go one for one, but it's about how consistent you can be with it, you know. Um, just making sure I hit and hit the ball right and put the ball where I need to put the ball, like through the uprights or in the corner to pin them deep and uh, making sure I just stay consistent. That's all, really. That's all I focus on. How did you get your start in football? When did you start playing? Uh, I started playing uh, crunchers with the uh, Nomads and then – Took a break, you know, as a multi-sport athlete growing up, playing hockey, playing soccer, that definitely helped my kicking. Um, but, yeah, always being an multi-sport athlete. And then um, coming into high school, I got a call from one of my old coaches, and Jeffrey Banning, he called me up and said, hey, you should come play football again. And I came back, went to Garden City Collegiate, played uh, football for them until COVID happened. And um, it just, ever since then, I just kept falling in love with the game and uh especially last year playing in the Okanagan stuff for the Okanagan Sun in the CGFL for BC um, training with the uh, X bomber and XCFLer Jamie Borum uh, helping him with him, helping me become the kicker I am today uh, is a major thing, but yeah, honestly just falling in love back in love with the sport, um, especially coming back into high school and just working on it every day. And that's how I fell in love with it again. I like kicking and um, as we've seen and as we hope to keep seeing my legs a very strong leg and I just hope to keep it uh, up there was it always kicking for you when you started playing football or did you play other positions uh it was kicking that was the one thing I knew I was good at like I said playing soccer definitely helped but I played a little bit of the line at the time for high school we didn't have a whole lot of guys um but yeah I played a little bit of line linebacker running back um just kind of everywhere but I, the real, one thing that made me fall in love with football is just kicking the ball. There's so much to it, um, how you hold the ball, how you hit the ball. And that's what really made it intriguing for me and it made me more interested in, okay, I want to learn this and I want to be good at it, right? Not too many guys you see um, can kick a football uh, consistently very good. So I challenged myself, especially through high school, to be that guy, like work on that game. And, and then, yeah, just it, it came natural to me after that. And then how did you end up with the rifles? Uh, so, like I said, I played last year for the Okanagan Sun, and I just I wanted to come home. Uh, I knew I didn't know fully if they were going to go for that 2021 season, and then I just went out to BC. Like I said, I got the opportunity to train with Jamie Borum, and uh, then I just came back home, decided I wanted to play for the home team, and they offered me a great spot. I'm thankful to be here. Thanks to coach Jordy Wilson and all the coaching staff and for getting me out here. And it's just great to be back home and kicking for my home team. What would you say your range is? Um, my range, you know, I can drill 55. Uh, right now, as it stands, I am a hundred percent inside 40. I would like to see, you know, maybe a hundred percent outside, uh, a little bit outside of that, just 45 in. I uh, have attempted some far ones going back to week one when the first time we played the Hilltops, uh, attempting 249 and a 47. Unfortunately, missing both, or sorry, all three. But um, yeah, like I like to extend that range just a bit more. But 
Um, being consistent inside 40, I feel, is a big thing, especially in the junior league. Do you have much experience kicking off uh, like artificial turf? And if so, was, what's the difference between kicking off grass and then turf? Yeah, there's a little bit of difference there. I do have experience kicking off artificial turf um, and natural grass. There's, um, like I said, there's a difference with turf. It's not that uh, you don't get that long blade, those long blades of grass that definitely come in a little bit of the way and kind of drag, uh, drag your foot back a bit when you go to hit the lower part of the ball, especially on a field goal or a kickoff, like you said. But it's a little bit different. I have experience on both, and like I, it's just my goal to be consistent. Do you have a preference, though? Uh, I'd prefer turf, um, personally, just because, like I said, those, those blades of grass, you clip it the wrong way a little bit, drags your foot. Um, it doesn't end up very well. Um, I've ha- that's happened to me a couple times here. But, uh, but, yeah, I keep working on it every day out here, especially at St. Patel. So, before I let you go, Banjo Bowls tomorrow. Are you a big Bomber fan? I am a huge Bomber fan, yes. So so I know who you're picking to win. Yes, we're going for the Bombers. Bombers all the way. Um, you know, it's another game for them. Hopefully they'll beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You know, it's going to be a big game at home. And, uh, yeah, go Blue Go. Well, I guess I should ask you before I, I let you go as well. Give me your scouting report on the Calgary Colts who you're facing Sunday morning. Uh, they got a good team coming into it. Um, I know there was some guys that came from the BC League that I knew that came back to the PFC. So there's some guys I know on that team um, playing in the interior defense or offense. Um, they're going to be a good challenge for us, uh, especially since we beat the second-ranked team, right? So we got in our minds that we're we're good, but we got to be great, right? So we got to go out there and we got to not play to their level and play to our level and, like I said, play to our standard set this bar high and uh yeah they have a good team uh their special teams is good they got a good uh they're gonna be rushing me a lot we've seen that on film so i'm gonna have to get the punts off fast and i i gotta trust my snappers and my up backs to do their job but it's gonna be a good game on sunday awesome stuff donovan wish you the best of luck thanks for this and uh, good luck as well the rest of the season yes thank you have a good night that is Donovan Downing, kicker for the Winnipeg Rifles, who take on the Calgary Colts Sunday, 11 a.m. at East Side Field. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to work.